everybody doing this morning. Hopefully you're doing well and uh, just was chatting a little bit there in uh, our comments with Priscilla and uh, dear friends, supporter, uh, sister, so many things and uh, live lives on the coast, sort of on the coast. Well, not actually on the coast, but close enough. Chesapeake Bay area and uh, not having storm effects down there. We're getting, you know, tropical storm watch warnings here uh, where we are. And uh, it's rainy outside. I'm still going to take the dogs for a walk, I think, this morning here after the broadcast. At least that's my plan at this point in time. But uh, uh, tropical storm or hurricane Lee, I'm not sure which it's called right now, but. Uh, 
hey, it's part of life. We have storms, we have rain, we have snow, uh, we have lots of different things. Priscilla's saying no rain down there either. Well, you know, hallelujah for that. Um, that's a good thing. Enjoy that good weather. Uh, before long, the leaves will be changing and will be turning to lovely, lovely fall. Uh, and we'll have uh, just all the beauty around us. Unless, well, it's a good thing that the storm's coming before the leaves have changed. Because if the leaves are leaves are already changed, it will blow all the beauty off the trees. So um, we can be glad it hasn't changed yet. Anyway, hey, I want to talk to you this morning as we get started. Uh, you know, I wish I could get uh, sponsorship payment for some of these things. I want to talk to you about a Bible. I am just absolutely loving. Now, this one's just a brown-covered Bible, but it is the uh, Tyndale uh, New Living Translation. Now, I, I have friends that, you know, think, well, we need to study the, the ESV, which is a great translation, quite scholarly. Um, this translation is a translation. I think it's well done. Uh, and I'm not so much wanting to talk about the translation. It happens to be, uh, I I have happened to go the direction, maybe the opposite direction of some of my scholarly friends, uh, in that I am trying to read Bibles that are solid, true to true to text, good translations, uh, but easy to read because I believe that we need to keep things easy to read for people and easy to understand for people. That is my particular M.O., uh, and I'm going to stick to it. But this this Bible, this morning I was up, again, quite early and uh, been up since well, probably 3 o'clock. And I, I was lost in Psalm 18 for a good chunk of the morning. But this particular Bible, the the new this New Living Translation comes with a Bible app, and tomorrow maybe I'll be a little bit more on top of it and can actually show a, a little video here on our broadcast if, if I'm thinking about it. I just wasn't early enough to, to make it happen. But it comes with an app called the Filament App. And this app that you can put on your phone or on your... I don't know if it can go on a Kindle, but it can go on a tablet for certain. Um, this Bible has little. I'll take you into my where I was this morning and, and try to show you. Has little on the top of the page. If you can see that, uh, it gets kind of dark. But up on the top of the page, see where it says eight twenty six there, uh, and there's this little uh, icon that is located on the page. You you point your phone, you open the app, you point your phone toward that icon, uh, and uh, the, the scan will find that, that little icon and will find the page number, and it brings up a whole host of notes and insights. Uh, it, it provides devotional thinking. Uh, it, it provides charts and maps, depending on the page and what's what's on there. And then also at the very end, it, uh, it opens up uh, as well the, the option to listen to a worship song. And it's it's a cool, cool thing. Uh, uh, beyond cool, I mean, I, I think it's something that can be quite inspiring. 
uh, helpful in your spiritual life. So I want to commend to you this morning, somebody write to Tyndale and told them that I did this uh, infomercial on there, uh, on this broadcast, but uh, all kinds of different covers you can get of this Bible, uh, pretty ones for the girls. I This is me. I like the brown cover color. Can't always find it. Uh, I, I, for years, I've I've used the NIV 84 as my preferred translation, but I, I'm going with this for now and uh, going to learn through this years before that. It, well, pretty much King James was my first, then the NIV 84. Now I'm going over to the NLT. Well, many of my pastoral friends are going ESV. I'm going NLT, and I just want to commend that to you. Tomorrow, I will uh, try to make it a point, see if I can make it work here on this broadcast to incorporate a, a video about an hour, not an hour, about an, uh, a minute and 17 second video that gives some more insight uh, into this. But I want to commend it. it. It's great if you're finding yourself a little stale, dry. That's uh, something I, I got uh, our church janitor, missions person, Sunday school teacher, dear friend, snow shoveler, uh, Sue Greeley, uh, onto this uh, when I first got this Bible, I don't know, a year ago or more, and she saw it, and she so she got a Bible, and you know, Sue is not necessarily high tech, but uh, she got the app, and she just loves it. So I just want to commend it to you. This Tyndale uh, New Living Translation, New Living Translation with the filament app that you could put on your phone. Anyway, enough infomercial this morning. We are in Philippians chapter 2. I'm going to get us right over uh, into chapter 2. Let's jump in and see what it has to say. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Well, while we're here, let me uh, let me take us into the New Living Translation, uh, and then I'll give you a parallel. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Well, the answer to that is, of course there is. Is there any comfort from his love? Absolutely. Any fellowship together with the Spirit, you know there is. Your heart's tender and compassionate. I hope they are. It says, then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and one purpose. Now, i got to ask you a question uh, or make a statement. This, this is easy to do, is it not? Is it not easy to, uh, is it not easy to be of one mind? Uh, is it not easy to uh, be in agreement with each other? Uh, we, we would say, oh, absolutely. Well, no, let's be honest. It is something quite challenging sometimes uh, to, uh, to be of one mind. Uh, and I'm going to put up for you this this parallel comparison. Again, I use the uh, for this broadcast, uh, it, and even much of my study uh, on the computer, I use this eSword uh, 
program. I don't even know if you'd qualify it as an app. I guess you could because you can put it on your phone as well. Um, E-Sword, E-slash Sword, uh, Sword of the Lord with an electronic edge. Uh, and, and there it is. It says that right up on the very top if you can see it. But but here I, I've put this in parallel. Um, so we can read the NIV, therefore, if any encouragement from being united in Christ. He asked the, the, the translators in the New Living Translation see it as a question. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Uh, the NIV uh, in translators make it a statement. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, um, if any comfort from his love and the NLT, if there's any comfort, do you have any comfort from his love? Uh, and then it says, uh, if there's any common sharing in the spirit, and the NLT, New Living Translation, any fellowship together in the spirit, are your hearts tender and compassionate? If there's any tenderness or compassionate, and uh, Don has put that in, the, that in the comments. Maybe you can find a, a link to the, Filament Bible as well, Don. Perhaps uh, if if any, or maybe an Amazon link. Uh, but then look at verse two. Uh, then make my joy complete, and you know I like to say joy complete, being like minded, having the same love, being one of the spirit, and, and, and the NLT. I think actually, in some ways, brings a greater force. I might like the word joy instead of truly happy, but then he says. Uh, by agreeing wholeheartedly with one another. That, that's this idea, uh, being like-minded. Uh, and it says loving one another. It says having the same love, well, loving one another. And then working together with one mind and one purpose, being in one in spirit and in one mind, working together. Now, again, ask you, make a statement. This is quite easy to do, is it not? How many of you would, uh, thanks, Don, it's in the comments there. You can click into that, check it out now or after the broadcast, either way. Uh, but this is just easy peasy, is it not? The application of this, being like-minded, wholeheartedly agreeing with each other, loving each other, it just comes so easy. Working together with one mind and one purpose, well, no, let's be honest. Sometimes it comes rather easily. I find more often than not, a greater percentage of the time, that it involves a surrender. Uh, it involves a humility. It involves a laying aside of our own opinions. Uh, it, it involves uh, deciding to not be snarly with each other. Uh, it, it involves... Uh, uh, laying aside our preferences for the broader good of the body. And this is what Paul says how we ought to live. Now, there's an application certainly to the body of Christ and, and, and not just to the body of Christ in the sense of within the broader community, but the, the body of Christ in the local community, in the local church, as we learn to work with each other. Uh, and to put up with each other's weaknesses and to be patient and tender and kind and forgiving and all those things. We need to forbear each other for certain. Uh, 
you especially have had to forbear with me and some of my peculiarities. Can't even say that word right this morning. Peculiarities. There we go. Um, But this has application right down to our homes. Think about what our homes would be like if uh, husbands and wives uh, were were wholehearted with each other, if husbands and wives were were really striving to love one another, uh, if husbands and wives were working together with one mind and one purpose, and sometimes what happens in the home is the husband wants to go this direction and the wife wants to go this direction. I I watched a video the other day, and, and here is a great suggestion uh, for husbands to uh, to get into the car when when you know sometimes you say where do you want to eat and the wife will say I don't have any clue you pick and uh, so the husband will say to the wife you'll never guess where I've picked to eat what restaurant I've picked to take us to now you better better be ready with an option and, and sometimes she might say really you picked. Oh, tell me, baby, what did I pick? What do you think? You know, and then she says it. Then you say, absolutely. That's exactly what I picked. Now, you got to be careful because you might like anglers and she might not like anglers. And if you say anglers, you might lose. But, but just the idea of learning to be, see, <laughs> in the comments here, Walter Huss saying anglers. Walter, I missed that this year. I did, I did, I did. Um, I really did. You know, maybe uh, Wendy's, I think Wendy's coming to homecoming. Maybe maybe we need to put you two together and let you go somewhere because I'm not going to make it, unfortunately. Um, work together. Love one another. Be one in mind of purpose. Be, uh, be in one spirit and one mind. Now, we're going to go further here. Let me put us back into just the NIV and not the parallel uh, to see what it says. In verse 3, he continues on and says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Now again, put this in the church context. This is how we are called to live with one another. Now again, bring it back down to um, the family unit. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. In other words, think about what your wife uh, is wanting. Think about what your husband is wanting and try to meet them where they are. You know, every relationship has a giver and has a taker. It's true. And and there are varying varying ranges of givers and takers. Some might be the the 90% giver and the other is the 10% taker. Uh, or or the ninety percent uh, taker, um, you know. So one person's giving ninety percent, the other person's taking ninety percent, uh, and the person that tends to be the taker maybe gives ten percent, and and that is a more extreme example. Sometimes it, it and more frequently it's in the range of thirty, seventy, uh, sixty, forty, something like that. Uh, but, you know, even ask yourself uh, in a relationship, am I the giver or am I the taker? When it comes to my spouse, um, uh, 
Do I take more than I give? Uh, when it comes to my spouse, and I'm, I'm speaking, and I understand we have listeners who are not married. I understand that. Uh, but in, in a relationship or with your kids, same way. You know, we, we want our kids to meet us where we are, but but the secret of relationships in the marriage, in the home, in the church with other people is to value others above ourselves. Paul makes it so clear in verse 3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather than humility, value others uh, above yourselves. Verse 4, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. Let's check this out in the New Living Translation. Uh, Verse 3, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. That doesn't mean you're putting yourself down, but just means you're putting others, elevating, giving preferential treatment to someone else. Verse 4, don't look out for your own interest only, but take an interest in others too. Now, he gets to the secret of this in verse 5, and let's see if I'm going to get, we will get started in this. We may have to come back to this tomorrow, which is Friday, to to finish this section, this pericope, if you would call it that, uh, section of thought. At verse 5, he points to the example. Uh, Sorry about that. The associate is speaking up. Says you must hang on a second. Says this in verse five. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. And he's going to go on to describe the, the attitude of Christ Jesus. We are called to be like Christ. That, that's that that's the call of life. Now, what was he like? Uh, even before I go into that, I, I want to take us to uh, the book of Ephesians. Let me take us over to Ephesians, uh, and I'll take us to Romans and show you that this is God's intended design. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. Um, uh, this is the NIV 80. Uh, here it is. It says, Be imitators of God. Therefore, as dearly loved children, live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering offering and sacrifice to God. We are, we are called to love like this. Uh, we are called to be a fragrant offering, a sacrifice to God. So, so we're to be imitators of God. Uh, the New Living Translation says imitate God. The NIV says follow God's example. The NASB says therefore be imitators of God. The ESV says therefore be imitators of God. The King James says be ye therefore followers of God. And I, I think in this instance the King James misses the thrust of the verb there. Uh, we are to be uh imitators uh, of of Christ. In fact, let me put this up there. Followers, the word follower, uh, mimites. You can see it there, mimites, from which we get the word imitate, mimites. Uh, 
is is being uh, is the root word, and it's from which we derive the word imitator. So when it says follower, imitator is most likely a better word. We are called to be imitators. Now, I want to take us one more place to remind us of this reality. Uh, NIV. Let me get down to Romans. Verse 29, chapter 8, says this, Therefore those God, not, not therefore, for those God foreknew, he also predestined, and here, here's, the, here's the thrust, to be conformed to the image of his Son. Now this verse, some will see the word predestined and they'll stop right there, but this particular uh, verse is not just talking about predestination, it's talking about the, the purpose the, the predetermined purpose, not that predetermination of salvation or who will be saved and who will not, but a predetermined pers- uh, purpose because it says predetermined to be conformed to the image of his son. We are called to be like Jesus. That That's the bottom line of this. Uh, and so to be like Jesus and how we demonstrate love, we're called to be like Jesus and how we extend forgiveness and grace and mercy, and patience, and forbearance. We are called to be like Christ in that way. Uh, Back over to the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verse 5, he says this, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, the New Living Translation, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. The the NIV 84 says says this, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. And so out of this, our prayer would be, Lord, give me the attitude of Jesus. Uh, We used to have a professor. uh, I don't know if she was a professor. I think she must have been a professor, Walter I don't think she came in between us. I think you had her as a student likely also. Uh, and I will say that the phrase, the way she said it, and let's see if you can remember who this was. I, I know Wendy would. You must have an attitude of gratitude. Uh, an attitude of gratitude, she would say. Uh, I love that lady. Uh, still see her on Facebook from time to time. be great to connect with her if I were going to be at homecoming this year, but I am not going to be there. But your attitude, you know, it, it isn't just our actions, it's our very attitudes, which begins with a mindset, asking Christ to change our mind, asking Christ to change our heart, asking Christ to, to make us like him in attitude. It is a work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and I will tell you, I believe that, that it is proportional to our time in the Word of God, uh, that uh, the more time we're able to spend with God in his Word, more time we're able to spend with God in worship, uh, the more like him I think we will be. When you're around somebody, ever notice, uh, and I, I see your answer, Walter, I'll get to that in just a moment. You ever notice some couples, they not all, but some couples, the longer they're together, the more they get like each other, the more they kind of meet in the middle. Um, well, it's, it, it can be the same way. You're around somebody, or you observe children. There are some children 
They are the absolute spitting image. They, they look like their parents. They dress like their parents. They have the attitude of their parents. They, they talk like their parents. They walk like their parents. Years ago, uh, we were at a football game in Segertown, Pennsylvania. I'll never forget this night. Uh, it was a kind of cold night. Uh, Wendy and my mother and my father and me, we went to a football game. Probably the Segertown Panthers, probably playing the Cambridge Springs Blue Devils. And uh, I had on my insulated coveralls with a hood underneath that. And I had on my, I think I just had on like a ball cap, a farmer cap, I'd call it. And uh, I had on my barn boots. Well, my dad wore the same type of clothing. And my wife said later on, she said, you don't realize how much like your dad you are. When you guys were walking down the sideline toward the concession stand, you look like twins from the back. And... Uh, and sometimes you look and you go, you realize how much more like your parents you you, you are than what you uh, might want to confess sometimes. We're like them because we grew up around them. Well, when we grew up around Christ, the more time we spend around Christ, the more we begin to look like him, the more we begin to think like him, the more we begin to act like him. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. That will be our prayer this morning. Walter. You're absolutely right, Joan Tompkins. That's the answer. The attitude of gratitude. And uh, Walter saying, my son Cameron's the spitting image of me. I think he looks better. He's taller, that's for certain. He has more proportion to his body. I'm a little shorter and stockier. He's a little taller, uh, which which bodes well for him. Uh, I'll say this. Don't tell him I said it, but we both have grown... Th- our, our heads, our intelligence has grown right through the top of our hair. Um, but anyway, thank you. Here's our prayer. Our prayer is that, Lord, make us like you. We want to be like you, Lord, and that's our prayer. And uh, Think about how hard this is to apply some days. This is incredibly difficult to apply, but it's, it's what we're told to do. So, Lord, help us today be like Jesus. Help us to grow like Jesus. Help us to be near Jesus so we can be like Jesus. That we would be the aroma. That we would be the fragrance. That we would be the flavor of Christ to those around us. For your glory, Lord, hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, have a great day. See you tomorrow.